This week on Foamcast Radio, I give you my tactical analysis of Rad Blaster's Percy's Hopper. This week's Requisition Recon and Battlespace Intel is locally sourced and cruelty-free, and Ben Howell is back in the war room to catch us up on Northeast Design's latest blaster. Listen up and load up. It's time for the biggest podcast in the world dedicated to foam blaster toys. News, reviews, events, and more. And now, recording from the broadcast bunker, it's Ben Anderson, the host of Foamcast Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I've got a quick sit rep for you before we get started. I'm still recruiting for the Foam Patrol squad at West vs. Zombies in July, so if you're going to be there and you're interested, send me a message on social media or email me at info at foamcastradio.com. I've put together some training materials to make sure we're all on the same page, but it's pretty simple so don't stress about it. Alright, no new Foam Patrol officers this week, but you can join the Foam Patrol and get your own shout-out in the episode by going to patreon.com slash foamcastradio. Unfortunately, this last week was a really slow week for the hobby, so I don't have any stratcom for you. So instead, let's jump straight into a tactical analysis of the nerf rival Percy's Super Soaker Hopper from Rad Blasters. First, I want to thank Nick from Rad Blasters for sending it to me, agreeing to my conditions that I would mention that I had received it for free and that I would review it honestly. Now, this product is an extended hopper for the Percy's that increases capacity from 50 to almost 300 rival profile rounds. Rad Blasters sells this product on Etsy for 55 US dollars, but it's also available for free on Thingiverse. First, let's talk about installation. I found it really simple to remove the stock lid, attach the extended hopper, and install the included set screws to hold it in place. One thing to note is that it does need some glue to hold the two halves in alignment with each other and remove a little bit of slop. It's also cool that installation is completely reversible. This isn't a permanent addition to your blaster, so if ever you want to replace the stock lid or remove it and put on a different hopper, you can do that. Alright, let's talk about ergonomics. One thing to note is that this hopper extension does stop you from putting your cheek on the blaster or aiming down the sights. But with that said, you are going to have plenty of ammo to spray and pray from the hip, so you probably won't care. Another thing to note is that having this hopper installed does make it difficult, although not impossible, to open the jam door. But during my use of it, I never needed to anyway, so it didn't really matter. Aesthetically, this hopper extension is designed to look like the classic 90s Super Soaker tank, and as such, it is available from Rad Blasters in appropriate colors. Now let's talk about the functionality. One cool thing about this hopper extension is that it holds the lid safety down while it's installed so that the blaster locks won't be a problem. Rival rounds have absolutely no problem funneling down through the hopper into the feed mechanism. And if you remove the hopper, rounds inside will stay inside. There's no holes for them to fall out of, besides the loading port, of course. Speaking of which, the loading port is covered by a flexible cover that you can easily push rounds through, but they won't bounce back out on accident. That being said, the loading port cover could stand to be thicker and therefore a little bit less flexible. Personally, I'm a little afraid that the little lightning bolts might tear off with enough wear. I found that loading the blaster was very easy to either load it by hand, from a paintball pod, 
or by just unloading a rival 12-round magazine straight through the port. As far as customization goes, it's available in six different colors for the hopper and two colors for the loading port cover. But of course, if you print your own, you can print it in whatever colors you want. In conclusion, this definitely makes the Perseus a worthy HVZ primary, easily replacing the Nemesis or the Prometheus in anybody's loadout. It could stand to have a few tiny adjustments, but overall it's a very nice hopper and well worth the money for the added capacity you get. $55 may seem steep, but this is actually a similar price to competing options with far less capacity. Specifically, the Out of Darts Percy's Hopper increases the capacity to 160 rounds and costs $50. This one approaches 300 rounds and is only $55. Like I said, it's a very nice hopper. It definitely adds a ton of capacity and makes it great for HVZ. You can check it out on the Rad Blasters Etsy or download the files to print your own from Thingiverse. Foamcast Radio is supported by SM Enterprises. If you're like me, the first thing you do when you get a new blaster is open it up and start modding it. But what if you didn't have to? My friends at SM Enterprises are professional blaster modders with the equipment and experience necessary to provide premium quality, high performance modded blasters at reasonable prices. Their highly rated online store offers many of the most popular blasters in a variety of configurations. Or, if you prefer doing the upgrades yourself, they also offer great modding components, like pre-cut K26 springs, spring spacers, tools, and more. They even have a variety of ammo types to choose from. And for a limited time, SM Enterprises is offering my listeners an exclusive discount. Order now and use coupon code FOAMCAST to get 10% off your entire order. Take advantage of this offer exclusively available to FOAMCAST Radio listeners by going to foamcastradio.com slash smenterprises. That's foamcastradio.com slash smenterprises. Thanks to SM Enterprises for supporting FOAMCAST Radio. Hey everybody, time to announce the results of the Counterintelligence Contest. The winner of last week's contest is Chris Davis. He'll be receiving the Lariat Takedown Valor Edition Pump Grip from Zero One Tech. Stay tuned for more giveaways, and if you have something you'd like to give away to one of my listeners, send me an email at info at foamcastradio.com. Alright, let's get into this week's Requisition Recon. Amazon has the Nerf AccuStrike Quadrant originally 10 US dollars marked down to just 6. And Walmart has the Nerf AccuStrike Alpha Hawk originally 30 US dollars marked down to 19. You can pick up the Nerf Rebel Mission Central app rail mount originally 15 US dollars on sale for just 5 US dollars on Amazon. And Amazon has the Nerf Zombie Strike Revoltinator originally 50 US dollars marked down to just 28. Target has the Nerf Fortnite ARE originally 50 US dollars marked down to 35. Amazon has the Nerf Mega Tri-Break, originally 15 US dollars, marked down to 8. And both Amazon and Walmart have the Nerf Mega Megalodon, originally 40 US dollars, on sale for just 30. Walmart has the Nerf Rival Camo Series Apollo, originally 25 US dollars, marked down to 17. You can pick up the Nerf Rival Rechargeable Battery Pack, originally 30 US dollars, for just 15 US dollars over on Amazon. And they've also got the Boomco Dart Holder accessory for just 5 US dollars. And finally, Walmart has the Adventure Force Double Trouble, originally 20 US dollars, marked down to 15. As always, I have a few coupon codes for you. If you make a purchase from Blaster Wraps, use the code FOAMCAST for 20% off. 
If you make a purchase from Flux Sunglasses, use the code FLUXCAST10 for 10% off. And if you make a purchase from SM Enterprises, use the code FOAMCAST for 10% off. Make sure you join my Facebook fan group, FOAMCAST Radio Fans, where I share giveaways posted by all the different blaster manufacturers and mod companies. Alright, let's get into this weekend's Battlespace Intel. On Saturday, March 7th, the Almost Famous Blaster League is having their team building day number one in Bonita, California. Foam Fighters LA is having their March Madness event in Los Angeles, California. And Houston Area Nerfers Unite is having their War Number 37 in Humble, Texas. Then on Sunday, March 8th, the Michiana League of Nerfers is having their Hoodie Wars in South Bend, Indiana. And on Friday, March 13th, the Garden State Nerf Squad is having their Mod and Loadout Workshop in Paramus, New Jersey. Big thanks to everyone who submitted their events this week. Make sure you follow at Foamcast Radio on Twitter for critical mission updates. For more info on any of these events and to make sure your event gets mentioned on the podcast, visit foamcastradio.com intel. Foamcast Radio is supported by Flux Sunglasses. Whenever you're flinging foam, you need to be wearing eye protection. But shop glasses don't protect you from glare or UV rays, and most sunglasses are either too expensive for the battlefield or too cheap to hold up to punishment. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Flux Sunglasses. These stylish sunglasses are durable enough to protect you from flying foam, polarized to cut glare, UV protected, and ridiculously affordable. For a limited time, my listeners can visit foamcastradio.com flux and use the coupon code foamcast at checkout to save 15% off their already low prices. Protecting your eyes on the battlefield is important. Don't wait another day to protect yourself with the only brand of eyewear I trust when I'm out on the field. Visit foamcastradio.com slash flux right now and don't forget to use the coupon code FOAMCAST to save 15% off your entire order. Thanks to Flux Sunglasses for being the official eyewear of Foamcast Radio. All right, everybody, this week I'm really excited to be talking once again to Ben Howell. He's the owner and founder of Northeast Designs. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing awesome. I'm really excited to talk to you today about your latest creation. You were actually on the podcast before, back on episode 75, to tell us about your Venturi Blaster. And if people want to hear about how you got into the Blaster hobby, I definitely encourage them to go and listen to episode 75 to get the full story. But really quickly, can you just give us sort of a condensed version of how you actually got into the Blaster hobby to begin with? Uh, Yeah, sure. So I've been in the hobby for a little over 10 years. You know, it started in 2008 when I was 12 or 13 years old. I was interested in engineering and making things or whatever. And I had a bunch of Nerf blasters and, you know, I wanted to figure out how to make them better and eventually how to make my own blasters. I was out of the hobby for a little bit, uh, for a few years. Um, during that time, I learned a lot more about engineering, went to real school or whatever. And yeah, just recently I came back to the hobby and now I'm applying those skills I learned back to the, back to the hobby I was into so long ago. Awesome. And you have been applying those skills to great effect. Uh, people might know about the Venturi Blaster that has been making quite the splash. And you recently released your latest creation, which is the Neutrino. So really quickly, can you tell us what the Neutrino is? Uh, yeah. So the Neutrino is a semi-automatic flywheel blaster. Um, it's powered by uh, 
two Kraken motors from Out of Darts, uh, 3S, Hurricane Flywheels, obviously, and a Flywheel the World solenoid. So on a very, very small package, uh, pretty much as small as you can make a blaster like this. And despite its small size, it packs pretty much full primary flywheel performance. It also has full metal aluminum machined side plates that those hold the body together and actually make the solenoid, the frame of the solenoid, a structural part of the blaster and tie the frame of the solenoid directly into the cage. Now, the Neutrino is a Talon mag-fed blaster. Um, as you mentioned, it uses the Flywheel the World solenoid. It also uses the Kraken motors with the Hurricane wheels and cage. We've seen some kind of similar blasters come out recently and in the past. Uh, what makes the Neutrino unique and different among all the other blasters that are out there? I think there's a few things that make the Neutrino unique. There's the metal side plates I mentioned earlier. There's the uh, the Nexus. The Nexus is the blaster I'm competing with. And uh, my mag release, rather than being sort of a thing that's down on the grip, it's an ambidextrous lever that extends out of the handle and that you can actuate with either your thumb or your uh, index finger on your main blaster hand, so you can do it one-handed. The, the cages are actually stackable. So the flywheel cages, each cage, there's one main master cage that you have to put on the blaster, but after that, there's like an add-on stack cage, and there's mounting points and little mounting bosses on it, and then you can slot those together to the master cage, and then all of a sudden your blaster's dual stage. And you've probably figured it out already, but what that means is you can just keep keep on adding stages. So you can make three-stage, uh, four-stage, five-stage. If you're insane, you know, whatever you want to do, you can do that. Another thing that sets it apart, uh, apart from those things, is just I, I tried to put my own design flair and my own design language onto it, and I think I did a fairly good job of that. Yeah, it definitely uh, reminds me of, like, the alien blaster pistol from Fallout 4. I really like the sort of the curves and the design. Um, it's definitely unique and very cool looking, very sci-fi. Another thing that uh, intrigues me a little bit is these infinitely stackable cages that you mentioned. So that's definitely one way that uh, people can customize their Neutrino and kind of set it apart. Are there other ways that customers will be able to customize their Neutrino? Not particularly at this point. I know the uh, the Nexus has the shelves and stuff. I haven't really worked much with that kind of stuff. And there's definitely room for um, additional components, additional customizations to be designed and bolted to the blaster. Because of the metal side plates and because of how they're attached, there's just uh, there's seven M4 screws holding them on on each side. And you can use those mounting points to mount like a solenoid cover or a stock mounting point or a stock itself, um, all that kind of stuff. So not much customization now, but it's, it's definitely possible for the future. So it definitely sounds like this is going to be something that will interest modders because they'll sort of be able to add their own unique flair to the blaster once they have it uh, put together and up and running. So that's definitely exciting. Well, I definitely have more questions about the Neutrino for you. Before we get to those, though, I've got a quick message from one of my hand-selected sponsors, and then we'll be right back. Foamcast Radio is supported by Hobby King. When I need a new battery for my latest blaster build, my favorite place to go is Hobby King. 
I can put in the exact specs and dimensions I want and Hobby King gives me a list of candidates at incredibly affordable prices. Every flywheel build I make has a battery in it from Hobby King because I can count on them to fit perfectly and have the discharge rating and capacity I need for maximum performance and reliability. You can get 100 reward points when you create your Hobby King account for free right now. Take advantage of this offer exclusively available to Foamcast Radio listeners by going to foamcastradio.com slash hobbyking. Once again, to get 100 reward points, go to foamcastradio.com slash hobbyking and create your Hobby King account for free right now. Thanks to Hobby King for supporting Foamcast Radio. All right, everybody, we are back with Ben Howell from Northeast Designs talking about the Neutrino. And a second ago, we were talking a little bit about the design flair that you bring to the table and kind of how you've made this blaster unique and the sort of sci-fi look that I like about it. So I'm wondering uh, where you actually drew inspiration from to design the Neutrino. So the inspiration for it, you pretty much picked up on it perfectly. It's science fiction, all that kind of stuff, phasers and the like. Um, That ties into the name Neutrino because... It's a small thing, like a subatomic particle, but Neutrino is also a kind of a sci-fi name. I'd say the thing that inspired me the most is something called the Starfleet Assault Phaser. It's a very particular style of Star Trek phaser that I really like the design of. I really like different features on it. Um, that's where a lot of the inspiration came from. And I actually have uh, a bunch of, a bunch of different Star Trek phasers all like on a board pinned to my wall. I like that because it makes me feel like I'm an actual designer. Very cool. Well, it definitely is reminiscent of the kind of classic Star Trek phaser design, so I can definitely see that inspiration in the design of the Neutrino. How long have you actually been working on this project? So it's kind of interesting. I've had plans to make a flywheel blaster for close to a year now. I had a design that isn't the Neutrino, but laid a lot of the groundwork for the technology the Neutrino uses that I'd worked off and on on uh, for... I think between uh, November and December of last year. But the Neutrino itself, um, I think I started work not mid-February, but early February. And actually, wow, yeah. So it's pretty much just been a month of development. I mean, I, I was honestly, I was really shocked at how, how quick I was able to do it and how quick I was able to get it out. It may have been late January that I got it started, but it, it definitely was not 2020 that I got it started. Well, it definitely looks like like something that you spent uh, a good amount of time and energy on. Um, In my opinion, it looks really cool. But obviously, you know, building something like this, designing your own blaster, you're going to face some challenges and come up against some different hurdles. So can you talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges that you faced during the development of the Neutrino? There's sort of two main issues I face that I'll go over. The first is the uh, the angle of the magazine. So you can tell from the pictures that the mag is at an angle, which means that the darts have to feed through it at an angle and have to be pushed into the cage 
at an angle. And originally I was running a 10 degree angle and I know people have had success with a 10 degree angle or even higher angles, but I personally was having some issues with consistency, consistency just in general, like darts would sometimes just tumble over themselves and fall on the floor. And sometimes they would shoot great. So what I did was uh, I reduced the angle of the magazine to about, well, not about uh, uh, exactly five degrees. So half of what it used to be. But the problem with not having a mag angle is that the comfort of the handle suffers. So what I did was before just the angle of the mag was what dictated the angle I put on the sketch that drives the shape of the handle. But what I did was I decoupled those. So the mag is at a five degree angle, but the sketch that decides the shape of the handle is at an eight degree angle. So I'm able to get almost the same amount of angle on the handle that I had before, but uh, there's a lot less angle to overcome when you're feeding the darts. So that makes it more consistent. Uh, the other issue I was having, it, it's just very hard to get the cage close enough to the mag in the kind of space I'm working with. Cause the solenoid, I think, I think it's a 35 millimeter stroke, something like that, which is a long stroke for a solenoid, but it, it's not that much to work with for what I'm doing. So I had the design all worked out and what I thought was finished, but then I figured out that the solenoid just wasn't pushing the darts into the cage, uh, which was part of what was causing my inconsistency. So I had to, you know, cut and shim things until I think I was able to move the flywheel cage back around a half an inch, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, but it's just barely enough now to uh, push the darts into the cage reliably and make sure everything gets fired right. And especially the main thing, it's really hard with ACC Gen 3 darts because they have that they have that very domed tip and they're maybe a little bit shorter in the main body than worker gen 2s they're a little bit harder to get to feed into the flywheels but yeah those were some of the issues i came across well it definitely sounds like you've had your share of problems to solve but the work speaks for itself it is a very cool looking blaster i'm definitely excited to see it you know start showing up in the wild a few minutes ago you were telling us a little bit about maybe some of the plans that you had as far as building different accessories for the neutrino in the future are there any hints you can give us about maybe other ideas that you're working on either neutrino related or not i guess one thing I could say I'm working on in the neutrino is uh, is a cover for the solenoid. So right now the solenoid is kind of just exposed, which I, I personally like because you can see it working. You know, when you pull the trigger, you know it's it's like a cool thing to see see the blaster working. But I do understand concerns that the solenoid can get caught on things, the return spring can get caught on things. So a cover for that is definitely something I'm working on. As for upcoming projects and other stuff I'm working on, whether it's blaster-related or not. I honestly really can't right now, not because I'm withholding anything. I was actually withholding this in my last interview. Not not the Neutrino, but my previous flywheel blaster, so I said, you know, kind of wait for that. But right now, I honestly have nothing else I'm really working on. And as always, whenever I have a new project, it, it, it's like spontaneous, right? Like, I'm not working on stuff for a while, and then I get this new idea... And I scramble to make it as fast as I can. And then all of a sudden, poof, 
it comes up. So yeah, I would say there definitely are things to look forward for me in the future. I just don't know what they are yet. Well, honestly, that sounds very exciting. I think people are definitely going to want to uh, follow you on social media and check out the things that Northeast Designs comes up with in the future. If people want to find you on social media and follow Northeast Designs, where are they going to find you? Yeah, so um, I have a Facebook page, obviously. Uh, I have an Instagram now, and I also have my SWID page, which is where I sell all my stuff. That's northeastdesigns.swid, E-C-W-I-D. Com. And yeah, that's pretty much all the platforms I'm on right now. Awesome. Well, we will definitely put all those links in the show notes at foamcastradio.com so people can go and check them out and so that people can order a neutrino if they're interested. Ben, thank you so much for talking to me today. This has been awesome getting to learn more about your latest project. Before I let you go, I've got that one final question I ask all of my guests at the end of an interview, and that is, other than your own designs, what is your favorite blaster? Uh, 1995 Kenner Crossbow. Awesome. Ben, thank you so much for talking to me today. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, everybody, if you want to hear the pre- and post-interview conversation I had with Ben, Patreon supporters have access right now to the -the behind-the-scenes version that's over an hour long. We talked about the unfortunate near-simultaneous releases of the Neutrino and the Nexus, we complained about our ancient and slow computers, and tons more. Before I sign off, I've got a quick action item for you. Head to the Foamcast Radio fans group on Facebook and answer this question. What accessories would you like to see for the Neutrino? Thanks to SM Enterprises, Flux Sunglasses, and Hobby King for sponsoring this episode. Please support the podcast by supporting my sponsors. You can find a complete listing of all my sponsors at foamcastradio.com sponsors. Thanks to Ben Howell from Northeast Designs for being my guest this week. And thanks to Umarex for sending me the Rekt Op 4. Stay tuned for a tactical analysis on an upcoming episode. And thanks to my supporters on Patreon. If you liked this episode, please consider becoming a supporter on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Rewards include shoutouts, suggesting questions for upcoming guests, automatic entry in every counterintelligence contest, and more. You can sign up and directly support future episodes of the podcast at patreon.com slash foamcastradio. And finally, thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the battlefield. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to make sure you won't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so it's easy to follow us and share this episode with your friends. You can also find us at foamcastradio.com, where you can view the show notes, order merch, and more. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of Foamcast Radio.